Welcome to the Platform Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Kundi wright founder and head coach of the Twin Cities Kettlebell Club, and I'm on a mission to help others build sustainable, healthy habits. I know how hard that can be because I've struggled and succeeded to varying degrees throughout my life, but I've lost over 100 pounds and kept it off for over a decade now. The key for me was discovering my passion for lifting weights and kettlebell sport. On this podcast, we'll talk to athletes, coaches, experts, and everyday people about kettlebells, fitness programming, nutrition, mindset, making an impact, and generally striving to grow and leave a legacy of positive change. Please join me. All right, welcome into the Platform Podcast. Today's guest is Cheryl Swan. She is a Canadian kettlebell lifter and a vegan donut enthusiast with an awesome <laughs> Instagram handle, Kettlebell and Donuts. Thanks for coming on, Cheryl. Really appreciate you having, having you on. Thank you for having me. I was so honored when you asked me. Yeah, I was super excited to to have you come on. I've obviously been following you for for a little while now, and we had Cam on earlier. So you, yeah. you know, you can you can give everybody the intro. How how do you know Cam? Cam? Yeah, he's he's my boyfriend. Actually, funny enough, we went to high school together. Oh, nice. I think yeah. he, I think the official term he used was my old lady. <laughs> so, he does. He says my old lady a lot. Yeah. I wasn't sure if you were going to call him your old man or or what. But. I mean. He is old, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much. I'm I'm really glad I'm really glad to have you on. And uh, you just competed yesterday, right? Uh, yeah, I put up a poor showing, but I tried my best. You know, it's okay. Um, did the West Shore Kettlebell Open, and I entered for ten minutes with a double twelve long cycle. My previous PR was fifty two, so I was going for more than that. But I only got forty seven unofficially because they haven't uh, sent me back my official rank yet. But fingers crossed, I get it, and then I'll get a rank three, and then all you can do is move forward from that, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, let's so let's give people a little bit of context, right? When was the last time? When did you when did you do the the fifty two? And what weight class were you competing in? Because like you've, you've been doing a pretty massive cut recently. So yeah, actually I was looking back in my training logs and I did 52 last year. Um, in, I want to say seven minutes I was training. There was a competition in Michigan, uh, in September, I believe I was going to go, I didn't end up going. Um, but yeah, that's when I did it. And I've been mostly concentrating on trying to lose weight, um, just to try and lower, like get into a lower weight class, but also because I have a foot injury and obviously the excess weight, um, worsens it. So under the advice of a doctor, I lost weight. Um, and I just, I feel so much better. (laughs) It's not about really necessarily how you look. It's about how you feel. Right. Well, I mean, looking better is always a nice, uh, always a nice uh, bit of of gravy on top. Yeah. uh, Yeah. The feeling, feeling better is certainly, is certainly the most important thing. So what weight class did you compete in when you were, when you were, uh, competing yesterday? 
Uh, I actually was under, I think it's super lightweight, which is insane. It was under 165 pounds, which I can't believe because I don't remember when I've ever been under 165. Um, Usually when I compete, whether it was doubles or I used to do, I started doing one arm long cycle. Uh, I was about 183 to 186 usually um, is where 183 to 186 pounds I usually sit at when I compete. Nice. So you've, yeah. so you've dropped pretty, pretty significant amount of weight over the last, yes. I mean, both you and Cam obviously have been, have been doing it together, which is super, yes. super cool. So tell us, tell us a little bit about that, about that journey. Like what, what's been, what was your approach to it? Like, how did you, I mean, a, obviously other than the foot injury, um, mm-hmm. were you thinking about it before that? Or did you just decide because you had the foot injury and the doctor said, Hey, you know, it'll help to, to lose weight. Were you thinking about it before that? Or was that kind of the, the tipping point? I mean, I always kind of knew, but I, I felt like good. Like I never, it was never about aesthetics for me, the weight loss. So I was like, okay, well, either way, I love my body. So it's fine. And then when I started dropping weight, uh, I noticed that my foot didn't hurt as much. And I started dieting. I would say I started May 1st with uh, OEV Fitness. So I have a coach for, she does my GPP and she does my nutritional counseling. And uh, her name's Lacey. She's amazing. Shout out to Lacey. Yeah, she's so great. I do shout out to Lacey because I love her. And uh, she just helped me along and I just, I kept going with it. And it's, it used to be kind of like I would do it on the side and I wanted to focus more on sport lifting, but eventually I just, I started feeling better and better. So it kind of became a priority for me. Nice. That's mm-hmm. awesome. And so let's, let's talk a little bit. So it's been 12 weeks, right? You did a 12, a full 12 uh, week cut, right? Or is, or 16, has it been long? Weeks. 16 weeks. Holy shit. That's a long time to be on yeah. a cut. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I, know. I mean, I know. that's awesome. Good, good on you. Like that's a, that's a hard, that's a, four months is a long time to cut weight. Like how, how severe was your caloric restriction and, and uh, you know, talk a little bit about the, the, the approach and what you, what you learned and what, what Lacey was doing with you. Yeah. So um, I pretty much was given like a meal plan, like an outline and obviously you can play with it. Um, They do talk a little bit about macros, but not much. It's a little bit of like, and obviously you want to be aware of your calories, but the big thing is weighing your food and getting enough protein. Um, weighing my food really opened my eyes because <laughs> some things you can eat way more than you think. And other yeah. things I'm like, oh, that's it. Sometimes I, I'll weigh it on my little food scale and I'll be like, oh, that's not worth the calories. And I just put it back and <laughs> something else because you really have to like be flexible with it. And I, um, have been overweight or, um, I guess I would be, would have been classified as obese most of my life and being 34 years old, I, you know, my family, um, isn't necessarily a snapshot of health. So I was never really taught how to eat growing up. You know, both my parents were busy that everyone was working. We had school, we had extracurricular activities. So it was just like, Oh, you get McDonald's or, Oh, you get this. So it wasn't really, I never restricted anything. Um, Mm. and if I wanted food, it was always there and I always ate, you know, obviously a lot. So, um, actually just learning how to eat is so important. And I like, I'm not a parent, but I really think it's important for parents to teach their children how to eat at a young age because 
maybe that maybe I wouldn't have had to lose, you know, 30 pounds in my 30s. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, I know. And as a parent of two relatively young kids, I got I actually just, um, you know, in full disclosure, I was scrambling to get dinner on the on the table before before we started recording, because I was like, Oh, crap, I'm running out of time. I gotta go. I gotta go. That's but uh, I, I made him, you know, I made him steak and steak and broccoli and, and rice, you know, and uh, I, I try and teach them, you know, what those different components are like my kids, my kids like broccoli and they like green beans and they like a lot of their veggies and it's so funny because I get other parents ask me like oh how do you get them to eat their veggies I'm like I, I eat my veggies uh yeah. my, my wife eats her veggies like we, we yeah. eat like they eat what we eat and so like if we eat like garbage they eat like garbage if we eat yeah. well they eat well you know but like uh my kids actually like my kids actually know like what a carb is and they know what protein is and like, you know I'm like but I'm trying to like how do you thread that needle of like making them educated and aware, but also not making them self-conscious. <laughs> and like, it's such, it seems like such a, a tricky balance to strike. Like, I don't want them to, like, I want to be like, Hey, that's probably not the best choice. You should probably eat less of that. Or yeah, no, you don't get your sixth bowl of honey nut Cheerios today because you've already <laughs> had plenty of carbs, you know, but I also don't want them to have a complex about like, <laughs> right. Yeah. You, you know, like, uh, <laughs> so we, I try and get them to like, stop when you're full, it's okay to eat when you're hungry. And, you know, but, uh, it's it's hard to like build that autonomy and also give them guidance so that they make good choices. I was super proud of my daughter though because the other day we were I, I asked her if she wanted to go if she wanted to go get a breakfast sandwich or if she wanted to get a donut as a treat and she's like I want I she's like I want I want a bagel with egg because that's that's healthier than a donut. <laughs> That's amazing. Not as was, good, but yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, so let's talk about donuts for a second because you have the epic Instagram handle. Um, yeah. So how, how much do you love donuts really? Very much. I honestly, <laughs> I, I probably, actually I ate one yesterday. It was an emotional, I was emotional eating yesterday to be honest. Um, but yeah, I don't eat them that much actually because of COVID everything is closed and it's pre-ordered. And I'm like, eh, no, I'm not going to pre-order. Right. Yeah. Um, but a lot of like Starbucks and Tim Hortons here, they don't have like vegan options. So I don't eat them as much as oh. I'd like, unfortunately. Yeah. But. Yeah. I, I, for, I, I forget, I forget that, don't, that donuts aren't vegan. Like I, I, they're vegetarian yeah. obviously, but I forget that they're not vegan and that's obviously yeah. an important, an important distinction for you. So why, yeah. why, why veganism? Like, tell me a little bit about that. Uh, okay. Um, I went vegan over, Ooh, I want to say 12 or 13 years ago. It's been a long haul. Uh, when I first became vegan, um, I was just, you know, I was early twenties. So I'm like drinking all the time and I'm eating junk food and like sour patch kids and like Doritos, some flavors. Yeah, they're vegan. So I'm like, this is cool. (laughs) This is fine. Um, super unhealthy vegan, but it is what it is. Um, I was actually driving to the gym late night and uh, I saw a family of raccoons cross the road and a car didn't stop. Obviously I stopped, car didn't stop and it smoked the mama raccoon and I just like was not okay. I pulled over and another big raccoon came and was like, you know, motioning, trying to get the babies off the road. And I was just like oh. sobbing, you know, it was just horrible. I was like, I don't want to be the reason that an animal suffers, you know? So here we are over a decade later. Wow. And 12 years later, still, yeah, uh, still a vegan because of that mama raccoon. I know. Like, and they're so cute too. Yeah. Oh, they're very smart animals too. So, well, that's, yeah, that's super. I mean, that's super interesting because uh, obviously there's an ethical component, but it's like that you're just that empathetic that you're just like, nope, I'm like that, that 
triggered it for you. That's that's really interesting. That's very cool. It did. It's so weird. I know. And I remember it so vividly. Um, and I didn't really, um, so I'm allergic to milk. So growing up, I didn't really have much dairy yeah. and, um, I never really ate meat unless it was like boneless, skinless chicken. So my mom always jokes that I was just meant to be vegan. Like that's just like who <laughs> I am. So it's just, it was pretty easy for me, I guess. I don't know. Well, that's, yeah, it's, I, I can, I can definitely empathize with that. Well, I can't personally, but because um, <laughs> I am allergic to nothing. I am so lucky. I have no, I have no allergies, no intolerances, like as far as food is concerned. Uh, don't give me sulfa, but uh, other than that, I'm fine, which I was super excited about. I got a, you know, fairly, fairly uh, broad allergy test, but my poor wife, uh, allergic to milk her whole life, right? And then she's also got celiac disease, um, which, which she didn't know um, for, for quite a long time. <laughs> and she, she always just, because she was allergic to milk and, you know, she would often, she would often have, you know, problems after eating. And for the longest time, she always just assumed it was because of like cross-contamination of things and that she was getting small amounts of dairy or something because she's severely allergic to dairy like anaphylaxis and death but like small small amounts just makes her like really really sick um so she just always associated like being sick after eating as normal for one (laughs) and then like and then she always just associated with like oh there must be trace amounts of dairy in it you know and for the you know first few years of our marriage like i didn't really think anything of it i just took her at her word but then i was like okay well we'll just won't keep dairy in the house you know like we'll just like no dairy in the house at all and then like we you know we cooked almost all of our meals and then i was like babe there's no way you're getting dairy and so she she i was like i think maybe you have an issue with with gluten you might have an issue with wheat she was like no 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 don't you dare try and take my bread away from me i grew up not being able to eat (laughs) so many things you know and i was like okay okay you know and for the longest time she didn't she didn't do it but then she she finally decided she was going to try it of her own accord she decided she was going to try it and cut out cut out wheat and like almost immediately started weight started falling off she started feeling better and you know um she's been gluten-free now for a long time and our son has been diagnosed with celiac disease as well we know there's a genetic component so it's just it's just crazy like how quickly all of those things add up but she she's kind of the same way now where she like doesn't really eat much chicken she doesn't really eat much beef she mostly eats eggs and she's like yeah i'm kind of like thinking i'm just gonna go vegetarian like Mm-hmm. okay you know she's just yes. <laughs> she's just much more used to having those those more limited options so I don't know it's uh it's interesting how that's that's certainly a factor in it I think I'm not I'm not empathetic enough I'm sorry like I I you know I hunt and I my my family grew up as as beef traders you know so I come from a beef trading family. but I've like been to slaughterhouses I've been on a farm I've like I know where my food comes from as do my kids um so there's there is definitely that I do try and be ethical about it but I, I guess I'm I'm not as empathetic as you I, I think steak is just too delicious I'm sorry yeah and you know what I think that's important for people to like be clear about you know there's been times where it, I don't usually bring it up unless uh, people ask, um, but I think if you're, if you say, oh, like I want to go vegan, but I could never, it's like, okay. But if you're like, yeah, I just, it doesn't interest me. I'm not into it. I'm like, yeah, okay. That's totally fine. You know, but it's kind of like the people that are like, oh yeah, I care, but uh, it's like, it's, I don't know. It's like, uh, it's like, that's totally fine. You don't have to go vegan. You don't have to justify to me why you're not vegan. <laughs> like, 
let's just let's talk about something else you know what I mean? it's so it's so weird i like and i do think it is very important though to know where your food comes from even yeah. especially now with like everything that's going on in the world we've tried to shop local more it's really opened my eyes to everything yeah i think that's i think that's super important too and to understand the impact that it has and to understand you know how far food has to travel and what it costs environmentally as well as monetarily and you know all of those things i think that is i think that is super important and i i am i am being much more conscious about reducing the amount of of protein that I get from meat sources. I eat a lot more eggs now than I than I used to before, and I'm starting to do a meat you know a meatless day of the week. You know, doing trying to do that to to reduce my environmental impact as well. That's but awesome. I think it's I think it's I think it is important. I I agree with you, and I I actually did go vegetarian for a month in college just because somebody told me I couldn't, and I'm that kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I was like, yeah, I can. And they're like, no, you can't. I'll bet you you know twenty bucks and I was like all right done you know and I, I went I went vegetarian for a month but it was uh kind of a similar similar thing as what you were talking about like I'm you know 20 years old and like at first it was like I didn't know what I what I couldn't couldn't eat other than that I knew I could eat vegetables in a whole so I, I started out pretty healthy and then I realized wait a minute Twinkies are vegetarian oh wait a minute like oh cereal's vegetarian like I started you know, then it was then it was bad so first I lost like 10 pounds and then I put it all back on because I realized there's all sorts of junk food that's uh, that's technically vegetarian so it was yeah, uh, not, same with veganism. There's, I went vegan. I was like, oh, what can I eat? And then I started looking. You read labels, right? Because you have to. And yeah. I was like, oh, I can eat so much. <laughs> like, this is awesome. It's right? not like, nearly so as restrictive as people think, especially now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so what are so what are your what are your clean your clean vegan recommendations then what what do you <clears throat> when you when you're eating like the way you're eating now um mm -hmm. to to improve your health like how how would you recommend that people eat if they're if they're trying to be vegan um honestly a lot of people worry about protein but if you're eating healthfully you shouldn't really have to worry about i mean i eat um six ounces of extra firm tofu every meal so three times a day and I have at least one protein shake a day. Um, and But also there is protein if you're eating uh, kale, like dark red kale, like, uh, sorry, uh, like red, red lettuce, anything like that, like baby spinach, you know, uh, black kale, there's, there is protein in that. And I think a lot of people don't realize, yeah. but it's like you said with your kids, you know, they eat green beans and broccoli. I, I eat that all day, every day. Um, it's just getting in your vegetables, um, limiting processed foods is very important because I always would eat, um, like I like hamburgers or like veggie burgers or such, mm -hmm. um, yeah. the beyond meat burger I would eat. Um, now I eat it like once a week for a treat because it's, uh, high in sodium and I just don't like the way that makes me feel. Yeah. Um, so like cutting out all the processed stuff really, and just trying to eat more vegetables and like lean protein. Nice. Mm -hmm. Now, how about, uh, do you worry about your amino acid profiles? Because, you know, one of the things that um, vegans especially run into is, is if for people that aren't aware, uh, a lot of plant sources are not complete sources of protein, which means they don't have all of the essential amino acids that you need. Um, essential are the ones that you have to get through diet because they're not present in food um, or they're not present in our body. I mean, uh, so you have to get them through, through, through diet. Um, and you see some vegans run into that issue because they don't, they don't pay attention to the amino acid profiles. Have you ever run into that issue or is that uh, not a problem for you because of the diversity you were just talking about? 
Um, so I wasn't really aware of that until I started with OEV and, uh, the owner of OEV fitness, Sarah, I, we had a conference call when I started and she was kind of telling me like a few supplements and I was like, okay. And then I listened to this podcast called empowered by iron, um, which is, uh, like women lifters. They talk about different things and they had a vegan, uh, a vegan episode and they were like, Oh, like you're missing this. Take this. You're missing this. And the one girl, she's so awesome. Her name's Mary. She uh, was like, Oh, just drink monster. I'm like monster. She's like, yeah, monster energy drinks. You're good. I was like, Oh, well I smashed two of those a day. So we're golden. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I do, I do take supplements. Yeah. I take like multivitamins and such for vegans, but not much else. You know, you got your pre-workout sometimes I have my protein powder vitamins. That's it. <laughs> What kind of protein powder do you like? Are you a pea protein or do you have a, a blend or what, what kind of protein do you like? I am a pea protein. Uh, my supplement store, uh, shout out to Boss Supplements, they have a really good raw nutritional, uh, it's flavored caramel and it's from a few sources. I believe it's mm. uh, pea protein. It's really good, but um, I'm right now I'm using ghost protein. They have a yeah. vegan one that's, mm. it's says it's peanut butter cereal milk, whatever that means. But okay. it tastes like Captain Crunch. I was like, this think, is not peanut butter. It tastes uh, like Captain Crunch. <laughs> well, I think that's what they mean. Like the peanut butter Captain Crunch, the milk left over from peanut butter Captain Crunch. I think that's what they're saying. Like peanut butter cereal milk. Okay. I don't remember Captain Crunch tasting like peanut butter. <laughs> well, that's because there's, there's a peanut butter variety of, of Captain Crunch. See, now you're, now, you're getting into, now you're getting into my world. Like cereal is my, like what donuts are to you, cereal is to me. Is that an American <laughs> thing though? I don't remember. I don't know. Here. I, you know, I don't, I don't know what y'all have available up there, but I can tell you that peanut butter Captain Crunch is like, so normal Captain Crunch is like in these little squares, right? And they're super sweet and they're just, you know, corn and crunchy. But then the, the peanut butter Captain Crunch is like these little round balls that are peanut butter flavored. And back in the day, <laughs> because I'm, you know, a little bit older than you, but not, not too much, but uh, before, before Reese's peanut butter puffs were a thing, because that's, you know, that's what we do in America. We make, we make our candy into cereal. <laughs> yeah, there's, there is actually, there's actually a cereal called Reese's peanut butter puffs that tastes like chocolate and peanut butter, you know, cups. But I used to take the cocoa puffs, half cocoa puffs and half, uh, you know, peanut butter Captain Crunch and mix them together to make my own version of Reese's peanut butter crunch before that was a thing. I <laughs> love know, it. That was that was totally my thing, especially as a kid and and in college, actually, when I needed to keep my weight up because I was playing football and I was I was supposed to be like I was supposed to be 300 pounds and I actually had a hard time keeping my weight up during the season. I would eat like five bowls of cereal at every at every meal before I ate my meal um, people, thought I, people thought I was a freak because I would have a tray <laughs> of food and then I would have a tray of of cereal <laughs> like just just bowls of cereal with whole milk just crunch, it's awesome. just, well and I, I had to crush like 6,000 calories a day like it was it was actually really hard for me to keep my keep my weight that high like I had to eat a lot it was it was actually really really challenging people are like oh that sounds great I was like no it actually is kind of painful at times like you're literally Don't forcing yourself when you're not yeah there's there's a bit of that <laughs> so when I was younger I used to love mixing cereal like loved it it was the best it was like my little like science experiment when I was younger right but we had the Reese's uh puff cereal and actually I don't know if it is there but here it's vegan I don't eat it but yeah we didn't have that peanut butter Captain Crunch we just had the regular one but the the ghost protein that's vegan tastes like the regular Captain Crunch and I love it because nice. other than it 
tearing your mouth apart. It was delicious, right? Yeah. It's good. But uh, yeah, that's what it, that's what I normally have. One or two of those a day with water. I don't mix it with almond milk. Okay. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I've heard very good things about the ghost protein. It's actually you're actually the second person this week that I've talked to that that has mentioned ghost protein by, uh, <laughs> by that brand specifically. So it is cool. Thanks. There's there are a lot more vegan options coming out, especially in the protein realm too. Like if you don't have a good tasting vegan protein powder now, like you, you're not going to be competitive. It sounds like. Oh, for sure. And you know what? There, I've had other. I guess you could say a little bit cleaner proteins. Um, but being like dieting down was it's, you know, it's mentally a little tough sometimes. So having that like sweet little protein shake is like a pick me up, you know what I yeah. mean? In the middle afternoon kind of thing. So yeah, totally. I really like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yes. That's, you got to take your victories where you can. You got to take your enjoyment when you can, especially when you're, when you're on a cut, like that's, that's, that's super, super hard. So what, what was the hardest part for you over, over the 16 weeks? What was, what was the most challenging phase of it? I got to say shout out to Cam. He's a, he's such a sweetheart, little boyfriend. Um, because he, your old man. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> He's so sweet. So he obviously works his butt off at work and then comes home and trains. Uh, And I was dieting. So he was like, okay, I guess we're doing this. And he didn't have to diet with me. But if I'm making lunches, like he's eating pretty clean too. Sorry, bud. (laughs) And then he'll add cheese or whatever. But he would eat butter tarts on his break at at work and then like get a cheese slice on the way home and kind of eat it in his car. So he wasn't bringing that home. And I came home from work early one time and he had a cheese pizza and he was like, oh, I thought I'd be done before you came home. <laughs> I was like, it's okay. Um, so he's been so supportive and so sweet. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, avoiding temptation really. Um, it was honestly going through the lulls where I got into the habit of weighing myself every day. And there was a week or two where the scale didn't move. And I'm like, I'm weighing everything what am I doing wrong? Like, you know, and Cam was like, just wait, it'll come. And I'm like, no, like maybe I should cut cows a little bit. And, you know, Lacey and Cam are like, no, don't do that. Just stay the course. And I'm like, I'm stubborn and I'm impatient. So I'm like, maybe I'll just cut some calories. I don't need that second, you know, protein shake or whatever, but I obviously listen to them. And eventually, you know, sometimes it just comes off in a couple pounds at a time, right? Yeah, it's um, totally so- not. It's totally nonlinear. So for anybody that's for anybody that's doing a cut, like, don't freak out if you have a plateau for a couple of weeks. Like, that's totally normal. It's part of the process. Stay the course. Yes. Listen to your coach. <laughs> yes, stay the course. I, I knew better, too. And I'm just like, you know, you just get frustrated. You're like, yeah. oh, I'm doing everything right. I don't know. And then one night I just like, I almost like broke down to cam. I was like, I swear I'm weighing my food. I'm not eating anything extra. I've been in a caloric deficit. Like I'm, I'm logging everything. And he was like, he just looked at me deadpan. I was like, yeah, like, I believe you. Like you're you just calm down. And then I'm he's like, like, he's like, nobody to... called you a liar. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like tearing up. And then like two days later I got my period. I'm like, Oh, there it is. Like we're good now. You know, like, <laughs> And then everything was fine, you know, but sometimes you need to have those little freakouts, though. I think it keeps you healthy, keeps you normal. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, it's a, nor- it's a normal part of the process. And I think that's the yeah. important thing, like going into it, if you can, if you can expect that and understand it's going to be a normal part of the process. And like you said, like, you know, in your head that this is normal, but it, your, your heart is still like, yeah, but 
<laughs> yeah, right? but I'm doing everything right. Like, why is this happening? So, so now that you're done with the cut, what's the what's the plan for for the next phase? How are you how are you reversing out of it? Because you've obviously over the course of four months, I mean, you've diminished uh, you've diminished your body weight pretty significantly, which means you've mm-hmm. had some some metabolic downregulation just doing due to you know hormone levels going down and being a smaller person. So, what's the what's the plan coming out of it? Are you trying to stay stay there? Are you bringing calories back up, or what's the what's the next phase? look like um in a bit so for the last two weeks I cut out my second um protein powder of the day um I was only having one in the morning between breakfast and lunch and then I was having one in the afternoon and I cut that out just because I was finding it like I was getting too full I was not Mm. eating for a 190 pound person anymore right Mm. um and Cam sweet angel did not throw me under the bus when he was on your podcast, but we would, <laughs> we would eat junk like every night, you know, like so consistently. And then when I entered what we used to eat in my fitness pal, I was like, Oh, like you eat fine throughout the day. And then it's like, Oh, you want to watch a show? Okay. Here's some, uh, like what's it called? Cherry blasters or Mike and Ike's both vegan oh, and delicious. Yeah. And then like some all dressed chips, uh, I guess you guys don't have there because no, but yeah, Marca, no. but yeah, they're delicious. <laughs> um, and then I realized I'm like, oh my god, I was eating like three thousand calories a night just in snacks, like just mindlessly eating, and I wasn't even hungry because this would be after dinner. I was like, what was I doing? Um, but yeah, I I'm going to add in that second protein drink now and just kind of be a little bit more lax with it so usually Saturdays after my kettlebell sports set I'll have like a refeed meal it's not a cheat meal because I do eat what I want every day uh I just choose to like eat foods that are better for me um especially being in a pandemic right now right like you need all the help you can get to try and be healthy or stay healthy right so food is definitely like such a huge part of that um yeah probably and put like a an extra protein shake back in but that's pretty much it um maybe eat uh like 200 more like calories a day but not not that much honestly like I like how I I'm feeling with what I eat now um so days I have GPP with Lacey uh I'll probably eat the same and then maybe have a little bit more um like some peanut butter on rice cakes before like a KB sports set just like a an extra little treat kind of thing but yeah I'm pretty good with the way that I eat now I'm, I'm used to it right it's like habit yeah, for sure. Yeah, you just, you know, the, the big thing is you don't want to you don't want to continue uh, going into caloric deficit for too long. Otherwise, you know, you can throw your hormones really, really off. So like, you know, coming out of it, it's 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 always good to like try and stabilize things, right? Get get back yeah. to homeostasis, like not trying to lose anymore, not trying to gain anything either, because you worked your butt off to get down to where you're yeah. at. But like, you know, just trying to like, set this as the new baseline. And that can be tricky for a lot of people. I mean, that's, that's hard, but it sounds like, it sounds like you've got it like really ingrained in it. Like it's, it's, it didn't sound, it sounds like the habits were pretty solid and it's not like super unsustainable for you. Like this was, this actually was done in a pretty sustainable way. And now you're just like, yeah, I'm just going to add in a couple more hundred calories, have a little bit more here and there and stick yeah, with it there. Yeah. It's so crazy how quickly it became so normal you know it was the first like two days I was like oh I got this 
the third day of the of the diet I was like oh I don't I don't know like I need like a donut or a cookie and then uh, it was like nope not till Saturday I was like ah this sucks <laughs> yeah but now so I'm just I'm used to it <laughs> Oh, I was just gonna say. So yeah, so let, let's uh, let's nerd out a little bit on the the difference between a cheat a cheat day and a refeed day, right? Like like when you talk about a refeed day, what does that look like for you? What do you what do you mean? Okay, yeah. So um, it's very like I listened to that. Like I said, the empowered by iron, and it's very important to not call it a cheat meal for them, and I guess for myself as well, because I'm not really cheating. Uh, it's mm-hmm. just like a new way of eating and fueling your body. Um, so. I don't really do like a refeed day. It's just one meal. One so meal. Yeah. I'll Cause you were in a cut. Like, yeah. That, that totally makes sense. You're in a cut. So it doesn't make sense to have a refeed day. If you're in a cut one meal makes sense. Right. Exactly. So I would have um, like a little personal pizza from a vegan restaurant, or I would have like a vegan burger or something. Um, just something like delicious. And then sometimes on the Sunday I would have like an ice cream sandwich or a cookie or a little bit of ice cream. Um, but the main thing is that we would go out to get it. We wouldn't have it in the house. Right. Yeah. So we wouldn't buy like a tub of vegan ice cream and have it. Cause obviously I would just mindlessly snack some nights. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't really go crazy. The only time I went crazy is, um, Actually, last night after my set, it, obviously I was emotionally eating, but also I was just like, well, you also just, like, you just totally taxed your, your CNS, you taxed your, your energy systems. Like that's like the least damaging time to overeat is when you just went full on balls to the wall for 10 minutes or more, you know, depending on what event you're doing. Like, I think you earned it. <laughs> yeah. I just, I didn't feel bad at all. I ate whatever I wanted to. And it's funny because this morning I woke up and I felt hungover and I was like, <laughs> why do I feel hungover? You know? And Cam looked at me. He's like, I feel hungover too. And I was like, we ate too much sugar. <laughs> like, I was like eating vegan marshmallows yesterday. I had a donut. I had a cookie. I had half of a vegan pop tart from this like little vegan cafe. And, I, and then I had, um, this poutine that I didn't finish, but it was like the Southwest poutine. So it's like a burger, some barbecue Fritos, vegan cheese, and like gravy. It was just insane. Oh, that, that, <laughs> was that honestly doesn't sound good. I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> okay. Well, you're wrong. <laughs> I, I, I just, right now it doesn't make, I'm, I'm sure if you put it in front of me, I would probably stuff it in my face and be like, okay, you're totally right. This is delicious. Yeah. But just like right now hearing about it, it sounds so heavy that I'm like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Everything else you said, I was like, yeah, Pop-Tart, Marshmallow, all that. Yeah, give, yeah, yeah, give, it, yeah. give it to me. <laughs> I was just like, Cam was uh, warming up yesterday. Just He didn't compete, but he was going to just train. And he's yeah. warming up, and I'm downstairs just hand-bombing Marshmallow. <laughs> 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 like, what, what am I doing now? <laughs> but, I mean, whatever. It's Sometimes you need to. Like, I think, like, mentally I just needed that. Like, who cares day, you know? But yeah, I did, yeah, I did wake up feeling crappy today so then it was tofu and green beans for lunch <laughs> so yeah back back on back on the rails yeah that's and yeah. that's important like i i think refeeds you know refeeds are super important especially especially when you're 
you have a performance goal or when you're in the middle of a cut, like a refeed meal, I think is, is super important because otherwise you're, you're just going to, your, your performance is, is going to go down even more severely than it, than it already does. Right. Cause an extended, especially on an extended cut, like if you're not doing some type of refeed days, like you're going to get to the point where your performance is just going to be hot garbage in the gym. And it's just, and it's simply because you don't have enough fuel to perform and that's expected. And it's part of the, it's part of the process, but the refeed days can minimize that effect a little bit without uh, slowing down your progress. I think that's, I think that's super important. And it, it sounds like mentally it was super important for you too. Like, it sounds like that really helped you be able to, to stick with it. Cause you knew you had like, your treat day, right? You had your, you had your burger or your ice cream sandwich or whatever it was that you wanted. You had that coming and you knew that was on the horizon. So it made it maybe made it a little easier. It did. Yeah. And it's so funny how once you change your diet, any little blips, like you could definitely tell, like the doctor that I went to for uh, PRP in Buffalo, he was like, well, well, do you eat much sugar? And I was like, well, <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. Normal amount, right? What's normal? Um, and he was like, nope, sugar's inflammatory. Like, you don't, you don't want to use that. Eat it very often. And he's like, fruit, but like, no processed sugar. I was like, oh, oh. And then he was like, you know, like, you're um, a competitive athlete, but like, your, your body doesn't know that because you're, you know, you're not fueling it for that. And I was like, oh. Uh, that's also true. I got called out, you know, and uh, he's like, I'm not telling you to lose weight. I'm telling you to lose fat mass. And I was like, okay. And he, you know what? My doctors in Canada never told me anything. They were never like, you need to lose weight um, because it'll make your foot feel better. Right. It's less yeah. weight on your foot. Um, and luckily the Dr. Kaplan in Buffalo was so straightforward with me. I appreciate that. And yeah. uh, he's helped me so much because the doctors here didn't really help me. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to challenge him on the sugar thing though. I mean, sh- sugar can be inflammatory for sure. Uh, but sugar is also, that's also totally what your body craves and needs post-workout, especially if you're in a high glycolytic sport, like kettlebell sport, where your body is being prim- primarily fueled by burning carbohydrate energy i mean it's just it just it it just is what it is that's the energy pathway that's being utilized so you definitely need sugar in your diet because uh and not necessarily that you need processed sugar but um even that i will say like fruit fructose when it's converted to glycogen only gets stored in the liver other forms of carbohydrates are get converted to glycogen that can be stored in, in the muscles. So, you know, I, I will, I'm going to say, you know, we talked a little bit actually, I think on, on the direct message where I was, I was telling you about a high, highly, highly branched cyclic de- dextrin, right? Like that's my like new favorite supplement, like brings people back from the dead uh, because, <laughs> be, because, because when you're in a highly glycolytic sport, like you, you just produce so much lactic acid and you, you burn through so much glycogen that you need something to get you back into a parasympathetic state. Well, the number one thing that does that is insulin. Insulin blunts cortisol response. Those two are, are inversely correlated. So cortisol is produced by stress, which isn't always a bad thing, right? We want a stress response from training, but once we're done training, we want to tell our body it's time to rest and recover. And that's where like something like highly branched cyclic dextrin is actually really going to help, but it's going to produce an insulin response. And it's, it's really is sugar, you know, but it's, you know, a, a specifically engineered sugar, but 
you know, so I guess I'm just going to say there's more nuance to it than just, you know, sugar is bad. <laughs> maybe that's yes. maybe that's oversimplifying his point. I mean, he was saying you're, you're not fueling for performance right now. So your body doesn't know it's a performance athlete, which I would agree with when you're in a cut, you're not fueling for performance, you're fueling to change body composition. So, you know, but anyways, right. Yeah. I'm so nerding think, out. No, no, it's okay. I actually saw him like over the winter. Um, so before when I saw him, I had gained weight because I was off work for three months because w- I, I couldn't even walk on my foot. Um, so I saw him as a last resort because doctors in Canada were too busy. And then I went somewhere, a long story short, they injected cortisone in my foot, which made yeah. it worse. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then they did it again, which made it worse. <laughs> did, so, it make, did, um, it make it, did it make it better at first, like very short term and then, and then it got worse or did it just immediately make it worse? Yes. And then it got worse very, very fast. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then he was like, he saw my foot and was just like, what did they do? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, I think he just meant like, you know, like constantly eating because I would eat a lot of candy like yeah. Yeah. overeating kind of sugar candy. is definitely bad like, it was insane so I'm not like anti-sugar obviously I love donuts but it was it was a lot you know and I think yeah. he was just like he looked at like you know what do you eat in a day okay well you're eating excessive amounts of sugar like let's cut that back let's not yeah do that. yeah if there was more nuance to it than that yeah then absolutely yeah. I totally mm-hmm. I totally agree with that I just I'm I get triggered by that because there are there are many many doctors particularly in America. And I I have some very good friends of mine who are doctors in America. My college roommate was a is a doctor and he, he comes to me for nutrition advice. Cause he's like, yeah, I got, I got literally, I got literally one semester in, in all of my, you know, 12 years of training. I got one semester on nutrition. Yeah. I remember you saying that in one of your podcasts, <laughs> like, you know, so it's, you know, American doctors do not get a lot of, uh, do not mm-hmm. get a lot of training on nutrition. It's outside their scope, unless they go into an area that specifically requires more knowledge, but you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a little, it's a little bit of a little bit of a thing that triggers me because uh, I have had some, I've had some uh, debates, we'll say, with with some doctors who who would tell some of my clients not good, uh, not good advice, and then, and now I'm arguing with a doctor, you know, and it's like, uh, yeah, this is, this is, and then they're like, well, no one, yeah, exactly, this is a no no win situation because they're like, yeah, Yeah. but I'm but I'm a doctor, what what do you, I'm like, okay, I've got three nutrition certifications and I've you know studied this for years, but whatever, you know, yeah, (laughs) like this is this is what I do with my spare time because it's so interesting, I just love. It. <laughs> like, that's, that's that's me apparently so <laughs> well, so let's talk talk a little bit about your uh your set yesterday because i you yeah. you came in you came into it uh pretty with pretty realistic uh thought on it you were like i think it's going to be a struggle i think what i think what you i think what you told me and i tried to give you a pep talk like you know you're tough you got this you'll you'll push through and i think cam did cam did the same thing but tell us a little bit about how that how that went and how it felt and you know what what was going on yeah so i uh all of last week i was trying to diet down to under 165 because for a rank one with double uh, 12s long cycle I would if I was under 165 I would only need 66 reps and I was like oh 66 I got this and then I said okay if I weigh in over 165 um, the next class is under 175 so I have to do 71 reps and I just I knew I wasn't there yeah. um, which is fine um, and 
I was like, okay, 66. Like I got this. And I was like, I don't know if I have 66 in me. And Cam was like, you'll make it happen because you're gritty. And I was like, yeah, I'm just, I'm going to, okay. And I (laughs) stepped on the platform. I was like, okay, I guess we're doing this either way, whatever. And I kind of felt like this was the only time before a competition that I was like, I don't got this, <laughs> mm. you know, like all last week, I just felt like depleted. I was tired, even though I'm sleeping well, um, mm-hmm. I have like a sleep tracker. I was doing great. I was on point for nutrition. Um, and for the competition I weighed in, I think it was 163.8. So I weighed under, um, so I did still need 66 reps, but I just on the 47th, I, it got up, there was lockout. I came back down. And then I cleaned it and on the way up, my, my hands just gave out. Like I, my body was like, nope. Done. Yeah. And Cam's like, you put them down. I was like, I didn't put them down. You know, when you put them down in competition, if you've ever put them down early, which I've made, I've I've made, I've made the decision to put them down and I've had the bells make the decision for me. Okay. So (laughs) two two very different experiences. (laughs) So, so Scott Shetler um, from EPTS in Atlanta is like, my kettlebell coach and he was my very first coach and he said don't put them down early in competition I don't care if you rack them but don't put them down and I'm like okay so in competition I've never put them down early I'll stand I'll fidget on my feet you know but I don't put them down early and I I don't think I meant to put them down my body was just like I'm done like my grip gave out uh we train in the second bedroom of our condo and it was hot I sweat through the chalk and I was like gripping it like it was just it wasn't happening and then I put them down and I just like couldn't feel my hands I was like yeah I'm done (laughs) disappointed but I mean it is what it is luckily there's another competition in a month so yeah. yeah. And I think, yeah, I think if you, I think now, like if you, if you look at this next month, if the goal is to, to just maintain what you've maintained the weight, right. That you've, that you've cut. Right. I, and I think we were, you know, I was telling you this in, in our, in our, uh, in our private message, like, I'm really excited to see what your next competition looks like because you've got a full month now where you're not, you're no longer trying to cut. You're just like trying to maintain what you've done and then mm-hmm. get, get back to baseline a little bit and, and fuel a little bit more, you know, re reestablish some hormone levels. And, you know, cause even though you're sleep, like you're sleeping, you said you're, you're, you're getting enough sleep, your sleep quality is affected by your hormones. And when you're in a caloric deficit for a long time, like that stuff just starts to wane. Like I've seen the blood work, it just happens, you know? So in a, you know, this coming month, you'll probably start sleeping better, recovering better, and you'll be able to have a little bit more fuel in your body. I'm, I'm really excited to see because you'll be lighter still for your next competition but you'll have a month of of more consistent fueling where you won't be actively trying to cut anymore you know and i'm i'm excited to see what the what the next set looks like because i have a feeling you're gonna you're gonna crush crush on the next set so i hope so i'm i keep seeing everyone's results from the competition and i'm i'm so pumped for them and it's funny because there's been competitions um a couple years ago where i didn't get what i wanted and i was kind of upset and i just I feel like maybe I'm just, it's getting easier when you fail, you know? I mean, when you, you know, I'm using, I'm using air quotations. You can't see me, but it's, it gets easier. You know what I mean? (laughs) And you like, you just have to learn to take it. You know, I'm really bad at like losing. I'm, I don't like it. I am pretty competitive, but 
there were some girls, one girl did like over a hundred long cycle. I think it was Misty. I was like, you are awesome. Like, I don't even like, you just like, I wasn't even in the same hemisphere. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. it's oh, yeah. so awesome. And I'm like, so pumped for everyone that hit their PRs and it's exciting to see. And I'm, you know, years ago I would be like, Oh, whatever. Okay. But now I'm like, genuinely so happy for them and I I can't wait for like four more weeks of training because it's crazy like you can step on the platform everything is dialed in everything is perfect but some days it's just not your day and you just gotta get used to it you know what I mean it's a gamble (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely and it's it's fun it's funny because I've had a kind of a similar a similar journey with mentally right where like I, I used to when I first started competing in kettlebell sport like I had I had people that I was chasing that I wanted to catch up to or that like, oh, they're, you know, I can, I can put up more reps than that person or like, I want to be better than that person or like, you know, I want to be as good as that person or whatever. Right. And, and I would, you know, I would have a, even if I had a good set for me, right. I would have a good set for me, but because I fell short of what that person was doing, I'd be pissed off or because I didn't hit the, what I thought in my head I should be doing, I'd be pissed off, even though I had a good set, (laughs) you know, and, Uh and like, it, it took me a while to, to come around to like realizing that, like, no, all I can do is look at me and like, let everyone else go. And like, if, you know, uh, if somebody else has an awesome set, great, good for them, like be happy for them. And then just move on and be, you know, just focus on your own and focus on your own world because like chasing other people, just all it did was make me mad. And it was such a big shift for me because like coming from playing like American football, like you're like, my job was to dominate the person across from me. I was an offensive lineman. My job was to literally impose my will on them. So like it was, it was really weird for me to not have that direct competition, right? Like you're, you're certainly competing, but like, it's really just you against the bells trying to do your best that you can, because that's, what's going to get you on the platform any, or get you on the podium anyways. If you focus on other people, like you're just going to, you're just going to mess with yourself that that's been my experience at least it sounds like you had kind of a similar uh, a similar mindset change oh yeah there's been uh when I started um kettlebell sport I did one arm long cycle and uh just seeing like I go to compete and I think we went to Ottawa and I was like wow there's a lot of people doing 16 kg one arm and like it's so humbling when you're like, yeah, I'm sort of strong. And then you're like, Oh, <laughs> <These girls are laughs> stronger. it's so awesome to see. And I, I just like the kettlebell sport community is so amazing. I just, totally. I love it so much. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. I love I, that. That is, it is an amazing, it is an amazing community of people. Cause it's mm-hmm. like anybody, anybody that gets on the platform and, and competes, like everybody's just in full support of, because we all know how hard it is. <laughs> Like once yeah. you've, once you've competed one time, you realize how hard it is and like how brave it is just to get out, get up there and suffer for that long. Like everybody's just like, yeah, good on you, man. Like good set. Like, you know, no, nobody's like, oh, that kind of sucked. <laughs> like, Which is, it's so funny because I have uh, like a lot of powerlifting friends and uh, they're either like, oh, like that's not that bad. Like it's okay. It looks easy. And then I'm like, what? <laughs> and then or they're like yeah why would you want to do that that's horrible <laughs> so it's so funny it's like too extreme right yeah totally. and the people that are like oh that seems easy I'm like what <laughs> yeah well that was me I was that guy right because I was a, I was a power I well not power lifter like I, I was a football player but I trained powerlifting and olympic weightlifting to get better at football and I was pretty yeah rel- relatively strong right and like I was definitely that guy that was like oh that's that looks pretty easy yeah sure I don't see what the big deal is <laughs> 
okay yeah, <laughs> you know, know you know 10 year 10 years later you know still still uh, still trying to hit cms okay <laughs> yeah I'll, honestly i'll never forget the the time that the first time that i cleaned two 12 kgs i was like how do people do because i had done eights and then i had done tens and i was like okay let's try the 12s just you know not for a set just for a couple reps I cleaned them and then when they landed on my chest, I was like, oh, this is like a new level of suck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And there's girls doing like so many reps with them or doing, you know, 16s, double 20s, double 24s. Like yeah, Kim Fox Andrea. is kicking my, kicking yeah. my ass in double 24s. <laughs> what? She's a, she's a badass. Someone posted, uh, it came up because I follow like the hashtag Cannibal Sport and it came up that like, uh, this like I think she was twelve or thirteen year old girl. And she was doing double twelves, and I was like, her like RPM is smashing me. I'm like, oh no. Yeah. Well, <laughs> have do you have have you met Jordan Jordan Tajeski? Oh, she oh, like. Like, she's just so amazing i saw i, I say i say she's 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 the good jordan in kettlebell sport because <laughs> she's because she's, yeah. yeah. she's, she's a she's a badass and like she'll she'll throw around 28 32s like i you know uh she, I, yeah wow <laughs> i just like i can't i'm like you are just so amazing i just like she did her set at the arnold's she walked on the platform and i'm sitting there and i'm just like whoa and like my mouth was open. Like I might've been drooling. I don't know, but I was just like, wow, like you're amazing. And even, you know, Andrea, she's doing double oh, 24s and her body yeah. weight is so, I'm like, you're just a monster. I just she's love a it might, so much. Mighty mouse. Like she's, yeah. she's like one of my legs and she's just cr- like, she's just crushing. She's awesome. And she's so humble about it too. It's so, she's so sweet. I love her. Yeah, she's great. That's, great that's fantastic. So, how did you? I didn't. I didn't I, normally, I ask this at the beginning. How did you get into kettlebell sport? I, I don't even know how you how you stumbled into it. Oh yeah, so um, we actually because nobody went... gets into it on purpose. <laughs> no, Cam and I went to this kettlebell club out in Guelph, and it was like a pay what you can. So we did that a few times, um, and it was fun. And then Cam bought you know kettlebells, and uh, that's pretty much it. We had a couple, so I would do you know, some swings here and there, some jerks, some whatever. And then, um, when was it? Ooh, uh, like 2017, uh, Cam and I drove to Cleveland and we met up with my Instagram friend, Scott Shetler, who is a strength coach in Atlanta. And, uh, we had been friends on Instagram, Scott and I, because he, we both like hardcore metal music and we're both vegan. So, he was visiting family and he's like, yo, come out, we'll get vegan food. So Cam and I drove down, <laughs> met him and he was like, I'll be your coach. I was like, okay, sweet. And then that, I think it was maybe a Thursday. And then the Monday he emailed us training plans. And I was like, oh, this is actually a thing. <laughs> we were just like talking. Right. And then uh, he coached us and uh, yeah, he's been awesome. Uh, he came to the Arnold, not this, previous March but the year before that when Cam competed um and he's he's been great he's been a great coach he's been a great friend um and he's definitely kept us motivated and uh yeah we just kind of continued through obviously I've had some lulls with injury and such um but yeah that's kind of the rest is history it's been such a blur the last few years because I feel like I've finally found my thing you know I feel like everyone needs doesn't matter if it's you know 
weightlifting, powerlifting, kettlebell sport, horseback riding, you know, I feel like everyone needs a hobby. That's also an outlet. And I'm just lucky enough that kettlebell sport is, keeps me like active, but it also like is so therapeutic, right? Cause you can have a bad day and you can take it out on the bells or sometimes they, they take it out on you. You know what I mean? Like you never know, but it's, yeah, it's I, yeah, I wrote a, I wrote a blog post about that, like fi- finding quiet when the world is screaming. And it, I said mm-hmm. something very similar to that. like, you just got to find your thing, whatever it is, whatever it is, the thing that, yeah. that like you can just pour yourself into and it, yeah. and it, it's, it's your respite from the rest of the world. Like if you have a bad day and you, you need to go there or you had a great day and you just want to go there. Right. But like that, that place that like, you just keep coming back to because it's, it's where you can, you can let go of everything else. Like you got to figure out what that thing is. Cause I feel like every, I feel like every human needs that. I think that's, I think that's so huge. That's, that's awesome. I love that so much. Yeah. And you know what? You might find it when you're 15 or 16 years old, you might find it when you're 40 or 50. It just, you know, I had done so many activities, but I never stuck with it. You know, when I was young, I did horseback riding. I did like golf. I took drumming lessons because I wanted to be a drummer. You know, I did all these other things, but I just never stuck with it because they weren't my things, you know, but kettlebell sport is. And I plan on, you know, doing it for the long haul. So, you know, in the grand scheme of things, me getting 47 reps on one competition you know, in five, 10 years, I'm not even going to remember that. So. Yeah, absolutely. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. I don't think you'll ever forget that set actually. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. As soon as I said that, I was like, no, I vividly remember it now. You're going to, you're going to always remember because, because we always remember the negative ones way more than the successful ones, unfortunately. Right. Like we're, we're 10 times more likely to remember negative stimulus than positive stimulus, which is terrible, but it's an evolutionary thing. Right. But so you'll definitely, you'll definitely remember that. Yeah. Oh yeah. That one set where I was like completely depleted and my arms just, or my hands just gave out because I, because I just couldn't hold the bells anymore. Even though Scott told me never set them down. Right? Yeah, like, I know. You'll totally. You'll totally remember that one, but you know what? I will never forget my first competition ever. It was, it was, yeah. <laughs> my first one still rings so clear in the back of my head all the time. I'm like, Oh, don't do this again. Don't do that. You know? Well, tell me about it. What, what, what were those lessons? Um, it was a CKA event in Toronto and I did 12 kg one arm long cycle I had only been training under Scott for like four weeks and and he got you on the platform good on him. he was like nice. I'm like do I do it should I even do it he was like yeah you're gonna do it he's like who cares and I was like yeah you're right who cares um so um I did it and I had been to competitions before but they were uh it was a Niagara Kettlebell Open I believe and it was in a Gatsu and CK is a little bit different. They're a little bit more strict about rules. So I'm wearing uh, yoga pants, like leggings. Uh, and yeah. Fail. So, fail number and one. I'm like, hey, I don't have shorts. And they're like, you need shorts. And I was like, oh. Because <laughs> I had previously seen women lift in leggings. So I was like, oh, we're good. And then so Kim and I had to drive to a sport check in Toronto to get short shorts. And... <laughs> Just getting on the platform in short shorts at a hundred, you know, ninety pounds was that's all I could think about. Looking back, nobody looks about nobody cares, you know. Yeah. Um, but I was very nervous and I was, you know, they're calling me to the platform. They're like, Okay, Cheryl Swan, where are you? And I was like, 
I have to pee. I'm like so scared. I'm like, I'm just going to pee myself on the platform. And they're like, Cheryl Swan, final call. I'm like, I'm coming. I'm just running, like chalking my hands. I'm just like, I'm so sorry. Oh my God. And then I get there, buzzer starts. And then I lift and I just, she was like, you need to hold it like fixate. And I was like, okay. And I, I got, I squeezed out um, like 104 reps. So I got rank. Um, but I, after I was like, oh, this was like way more intense than I thought. Because the, the girl, the judge is yelling at me. She's like, fixate. And I'm like, what? I can't hear you. I'm trying in my zone and I'm just, my legs are shaking. I'm so nervous and I'm tired. And I was like, oh my God. I'm like, and then after I'm like, Scott, like it didn't go well. I embarrassed you. I'm so sorry. He's like, you've been lifting for a month. Like you're good. Don't worry. And he's like, how many reps did you get? I'm like 104. And he was like, that's great. That's amazing. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Can I eat now? <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was so scary. And I was like, okay, like now I always have extra shorts just in case, you know what I mean? And just in case like someone needs them or like yeah. my rip or whatever, but I just, it's things you don't think about. And I was like, oh my goodness, like they're legit. <laughs> that's awesome yeah <laughs> and so how's so how's your foot you, you you had to you had to like completely redo your jerk form because of this foot injury so let's tell us a, tell us a little bit about that you went from a, a triple extension jerk which is normal to a double extension jerk you know essentially a push press how's how's that uh, transition been for you um so every time I compete with like I just competed with eight kgs and then I did like uh I think it was like a four or six week improvement thing with the pro kettlebell, Seattle kettlebell club thing. Um, and even, every time I compete, I'm like, Oh, like, should I tell the judge like that? You know, I can't like lift my heel. And every time Cam's like, just relax. They'll your first rep. They'll see what you're doing. You have the double knee band bend. It's fine. And every time I'm like, Oh, should I demonstrate? Do they know? And he's like, your lockout's fine it's fine. I'm like, okay. Um, but yeah, it's, it's all like so much legs, like so much quad, like my legs are always so tired from the GPP that Lacey gives me. And also from my kettlebell sport training. Um, but now my foot has been better since I lost weight. Um, and since I did get that PRP treatment in Buffalo, the day that the American Canadian border closed was the day I remember specifically it was a Wednesday it was the day that I had an appointment in March uh, for my second PRP treatment um, oh, that's plate, so I haven't been rich plasma right platelet yes. rich plasma mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah okay we don't apparently we don't have it in Canada I was like well okay really I know yeah that honestly surprises me I know they do like PRP facials cosmetic for cosmetics but they don't do the PRP treatment that the doctor in Buffalo does, which is crazy because in Canada, the wait was so long. I did physio, I did acupuncture, I did shockwave therapy. I did two rounds of cortisone injections. I have orthotics. And then I got the PRP treatment and it was like three days of horrible pain. And then it was, it was fine. It it was so much better. That is that is interesting. I've mm-hmm. I've actually I've heard about I've heard about PRP injections in the scalp for people that are going bald. I am not going to do that. I will just keep shaving my head um, <laughs> yeah. as, as it gets as it gets less and less hair up there. But uh, I have I have heard about that. But I had I had never heard of uh, anybody that had I've I've heard of it for as a therapeutic intervention. But I've never mm-hmm. I've never heard anybody uh, who who got results from it or that's actually done it in that in that way. So that's that's cool to hear that it uh, that it 
appears to work well. So, yeah. And I was willing to try it because I was in so much pain. Um, and nothing here had really helped me. And most of our medical care is free. Um, but the wait times are so long for things, um, you know, so. Yeah, Cam and I. Yeah, Cam and I talked a little bit about that. That is uh, that is one of those things that we Americans hear quite often about how long the Canadian wait times are, and you're never quite sure how <laughs> how much of it is political spin and how much of it is truth. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. that's <laughs> that is the that is the the sad truth of living in America uh, sometimes. But well, thank you so much, Cheryl. I want to be respectful of your time. I know we blocked an hour, and I think we're probably a little bit over that. So I want to I want to make sure that I that I give you a chance to to get back to your normal day. I know you work today. So thank you so much for, for coming on. And uh, how do people follow you on, on uh, Instagram? It's uh, at kettlebell at kettlebell and donuts, right? All one word and all spelled out, right? Yeah. At kettlebells and donuts. Nice. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm really looking forward to seeing how your, how your next set goes. Thank you so much. I appreciate it so much. And I'm sorry if I rambled because. I was oh, so no, nervous. this is great. I lo- <laughs> no, I loved it. This was great. Thank you so much. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Cheryl. Yes, take care. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Platform Podcast. I'm Jordan Kundi-Wright. If you have a question, please email me at TwinCitiesKettlebellClub at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at TwinCitiesKettlebellClub, on Twitter at TCKBClub, online at TwinCitiesKettlebellClub.com, And please help us grow our reach and give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time.